Hey there, welcome to episode number four of A Fit and Able Life. I'm happy you're here. We have a very special interview today. You know, Fit and Able has always been a very family-oriented company, not only with the athletes we work with, but with my entire family who has worked, volunteered, and you know, spent so much time trying to make it such great programs and events for other people. Today, we have my dad, Mike Redcolopy, being interviewed by my mom, Elisa, I think you'll see it's a very good talk. He's been Fit and Able's biggest supporter going on 20 years now as an organization, as you'll learn way beyond it uh, before then. So enjoy, and here we go. Hi, I'm Elisa Wright-Colopy, and we're here with another another segment of our a Fit and Able Life. And with me is my husband, Mike, and first athlete, <laughs> Mike wright Colopy. And we are talking today a little bit about our athletic history. And so I'm going to go first, ladies first, right? <laughs> so um, I grew up in Ohio and it, going through high school in the 70s, there were not a lot of athletic programs for girls that I recall. I mean, I remember there was cheerleading and, and field hockey, but I was not talented enough to be on either one of those teams. Um, and so I, I don't recall a lot of options for girls in terms of physical activity. And it wasn't until I was attending school in Dallas that I just one day decided to go out and run a little bit, and I loved it. I ran probably a mile and then two miles, and within about a month, I was running up to six and seven miles a day and really enjoying it. The only problem with that was I had trouble finding running shoes that fit me. I started out in little kids and ended up wearing uh, size eight men's running shoes. So I, <laughs> so I wouldn't get injured or whatever. But, um, I've realized it wasn't until I was in my mid-20s that, or my, my, my early 20s that I realized I was athletic. And not only that, that I was had ability, but I loved it. Um, and from there, I went on to be a runner and cyclist. And when I met Michael in graduate school, Michael was a cyclist and swimmer. And even though I could swim, I never thought of myself as swimming in anything competitively. And Michael got me swimming about a mile to a day. And that was at the, sort of at the springboard of triathlon entering um, the world. And so in 1982, I did my first triathlon where uh, it was a swim, bike, run. And it was funny kind of thing because triathlon was very young then. And so they had everybody lining up on the railing of a bridge to dive into a jetty in Galveston. And they said, oh, and your mark, get set, Go. And as we're falling in the water, we hear the guy said, did somebody start the clock? Where's, where's the clock? Did somebody start a watch? And so they had to drag us all out of the water and bring us back up on, on deck again to start all over. But I loved it. It was terrific. And it's, it's, it's influenced my life and my career choices. And that's part of the reason why we're here. Anyway, Michael is one of my first athletes. I guess I'm my first athlete when I trained myself. I, I didn't have a coach. I trained myself. But then you would be my second athlete. You're, you're my, my co-captain in athleticism. Tell me a little bit about your high school youth experience with athletics. Okay. Um, I think as far as school sports, uh, during gym class, I was probably one of the last kids to be picked for a team. <laughs> um, I went out for ninth grade track. Uh, competed very heavily, not to be in last place. 
Um, so I never really thought about sports that much in high school. Uh, actually didn't think about it much in college, but then in graduate school, um, <clears throat> I started swimming a few laps and the few laps turned into a mile, a mile turned into two miles. And then I was in a five mile swimathon to benefit kids at MD Anderson Cancer Center. So at that point at five miles, I started thinking, Hey, I can do this. And you did. <laughs> it was really cool because you also around Houston at that time too, you rode your bike a lot that you, you didn't rely on. Of course, there's not a lot of parking in the medical center in Houston, but, but you relied on your bike and you swam and without even realizing it, you were very, you were very athletic. Yep. Did you enjoy that? <laughs> yeah. Riding a bike and being able to go past all those cars that were stuck in traffic was, was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I would sometimes not even drive my car except maybe on weekends. Now I have to say, Michael is when we, when we fit and able came into play in the early eighties because of my, um, wanting to spread the word to where I was get working on my doctorate and where I worked at that time, um, school of public health and the Houston community college, um, that is where Fit and Able really took its its jump into the future. It's so this is sort of a back to the future kind of event. But the um, Michael did the artwork for it, which really brought the concept to life, where people could could start out not in very good shape, not physically fit, not really engaged in fitness. And and athletics and fitness are different, you know, but. Um, and I, I do make a, dis I, and I did make a distinction between the difference between training and exercising. When I was an athlete, I thought I was training when I wasn't wor working for an athletic goal. I thought I was exercising. How about you? I think the, well, I think the first exercise I was really doing was in the aerobics class that you provided at school of public health. <laughs> and this is when. This was even before Jane Fonda was doing aerobic fitness courses, and you were like one of the first people doing it. So we started doing that, getting a little bit uh, limber, um, and then going out and running around the Herman Park Golf Course. Yeah, that was nice. <clears throat> and then triathlons came on the scene. We started doing triathlons together up in the woodlands. Uh, those were terrific. But I think the first time that I would say that I seriously trained was when I did the Raleigh Marathon. Yeah, that was wonderful. And that was being careful what I ate, um, every day going out for a run, and it just the just to overcome the mental barriers of preparing for 26.2 miles. Uh, my whole body transformed into a runner, uh, which no one would ever have described me of. <laughs> um, but that was where I think I really felt like I trained for something. Right. Michael and I laughed just even just a few days ago because Michael has a stride where he goes to the side as much as he goes forward. So I really think he actually ran two marathons that day because <laughs> he did as much side movement as he did forward movement. And we were, we were all very proud of you for doing that. That was not an easy task. And I think one of the things that people forget, you know, that even though you trained and you did a great, you had a good time in it and everything that, that that was work. That was real work for you to do that and go through that process and everything. A lot of people, for me, I've done, 
a lot of marathons and road races, but because of my mentality about it and my physical, my, my, my body type and all that running's easy for me. Well, I should say running was easy for me. <laughs> so now I, now I, I work at it like everybody else, but but as um, now you are currently one of our older members. Uh, sorry, dear. <laughs> you are one of our older members of Team Fit and Able, and you've been a consistent member. Um, how do you feel about your athleticism now? Because you are an athlete. You're out there pushing yourself. Yeah, it's a little bit different uh, when I'm running, say, three miles than a lot of the younger athletes, and they're all younger. Um, <clears throat> but the fact is, is just because you're not good at something doesn't mean you don't do it because eventually you're better than you were yesterday and you're a lot better than you were a year ago. And so you just stay with it. Um, I don't have a runner's body, but I still have the runner's experience. There you go. And the mentality of a runner, because I mean, that's part of just pushing yourself through the pain. And so that that's really cool. Now, with Team Fit and Able, you've seen Fit and Able grow from um, a poster hung in our kitchen saying we're going to we're going to incorporate it and move forward and start staging these events on our own. A poster you drew. Um, what do you think about what do you think about uh, Fit and Able's impact on the community? Well, first of all, it's been a lasting impact, and I think the word lasting is what you're going for when you talk about fit and able you're not talking about going out and doing something on the weekend and then paying for it on monday and saying <laughs> i had heard i'm never going to do it again it's having a lasting effect and so uh, fit and able has been in carry since what 1997 mm -hmm. um, i mean hundreds of athletes have come through your program um, i've been the most consistent athlete <laughs> i probably should get some lifetime award for that. <laughs> um, but I think that the younger, the, the kids in the program, you know, they see me running, they don't have much excuse. The people 30 years younger than me don't have much excuse. Actually, nobody on the team <laughs> has much excuse not to give it everything they got as long as they see me out there giving it everything I've got. And I still run mid-pack. I'm, I'm not the fastest. I'm not the slowest, but mid-pack is, is pretty good. I, I think it's excellent. Let me talk to you about a time that you are always the last to finish. Now, one of the things that you are with Team Fit and Able or Fit and Able Productions is you are one of our best volunteers, and you have the job of sweeping the course to make sure everybody's safely off the course. So, hence, you're the last person to finish. Tell me a little bit about that and some of the people that you've brought up through the finish line. Well, I mean, to steal a little bit from the military about leave no man behind, I do run sweep on, on our runs. And so I never let any of the kids fall behind me. And I always run just a little bit in front of them to give them that feel that they have to catch up to me. So they never stop to walk and dilly-dally and all that. They stay focused on their run. And, um, and so I stay back there with them. <clears throat> but kids will typically um, save something to the end. And so even though I stay back with them, <clears throat> as soon as they can get some sense of where the finish line is, these kids who are totally tired 
will just take off like a rocket <laughs> and I'm left way in the back because uh, I only have like a few speeds. <laughs> well, recently in the uh, North Carolina Senior Games, you had the opportunity to bring in some athletes that were in their 80s. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, so this gentleman who was at the end of the uh, pack, 89 years old, uh, World War II vet, uh, served in the Pacific. Uh, he was in o Okinawa, 89 years old, and he did not stop to walk one step on that 5K race. It was raining outside. It was miserable conditions, and this gentleman ran the entire thing. And when you see him doing that at 89, you sit there and say, he's left no excuse for anybody. Uh, he was just in, incredible, and his spirit was just amazing. Yeah, that's hard to beat, isn't it? That is really hard to beat. Well, when you when you think about the experiences you've had with Fit and Able, you have seen, when because we're uh, Fit and Able Productions is in it, all our events are inclusive, and we will modify, adjust, include anybody that wants to participate. We want everybody to have the same start line and the same finish line, and we will make it so that they have, with their goals, are successful. And you've seen a lot of different kinds of athletes come through our programs. Um, one of our first um, athletes that we had come through that um, – was a, a, a paraplegic. Rudy Garcia Tolson was one of our first, and he's gone on to be a, an amazing Paralympian in uh, swimming and has done uh, num numerous um, triathlons. He came and did a triathlon event. What is your impression of these kids that are coming through and that have these disabilities? You know, we've ha had a kiddo that had recently had brain surgery. We've had children that were severely, um, well, just severely disabled in a, in a variety of ways. Um, when you see that and know that you're part of those events, what does that do for you spiritually? Yeah, so first of all, triathlon and these <coughs> 5K runs, all these events bring out the best people. I mean, the, the crowd that you're in with, these people are inspirational and they have good hearts they have um, the drive they have all the qualities that you look for and but the athletes that have handicaps are especially inspirational because they are really starting at a tremendous disadvantage but they totally put that aside because they do want to run participate in the same events as everybody else. They don't want to be special. But in some sense, they make themselves special because of what they overcome. <laughs> That's true. And that is inspirational. I mean, when some of these athletes that you see what they do, you just think, we don't have problems. We don't have issues. And so it is, it is inspirational. Well, the the question that we always ask our guests <laughs> is, what is your definition? What does being having a fit and able life mean to you? So 
For it to be a life, it has to be sustainable. It's doing something that you, that you improve. You're not incurring injuries so that you're always stopping and starting and stopping and starting. You're, you're a, you know that you're on a program that can, you can keep up with and that you're always improving and that you're always sort of running your own race. You're always trying to be better than you were yesterday. You're not in it to be better than other people. You're doing it to be a better self. And uh, as I've said, is a fit and able life is basically that you're able to accomplish your fitness goals at any age. That's good. You want to share your age? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's easy to guess. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. Um, and again, this is one of the initial podcasts for A Fit and Able Life. And I'm, I am very blessed because I have, obviously, I partner with my son in our business. And I've partnered with Mike in, in life. And um and fitness and wellness and healthy, good living is important to all of us. Um, someday down the road, you'll meet our fourth leg, which is our, my son, Glenn. And until, until the next time, thank you so much. And we'll see you at the races. You know, I have to say that is one of my favorite interviews so far. Uh, my dad has been there for us all along. He's one of our hardest working volunteers and he's seen Everything Fit and Able's done. Uh, he's been in part of every program, part of every event, and he's always been super supportive. And I think what you can see from this interview is that really good, strong, healthy relationships are built on doing good, positive, healthy activities together all, all your life. I think that's, for me, one of the biggest takeaways. And, you know, there's so many more from this interview. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed it, and I will look forward to seeing you next time.